So that's the conclusion of the Chassim Sofer based on the Jarshmuel, that if there is a danger of cholera, even though a person is currently healthy, he's allowed to eat in order to avoid suffolk cholera uh, presently in, in, in the future, the same way a healthy person can be Mechal Shabbos or eat to save someone else who's in the suffix Sakana, so too, present, present you who's not currently in danger, who's healthy, is allowed to eat to save the life of future you who may be in danger presently if, he, if, if, if present you does not eat right now. Okay, that's relatively straightforward. Omnami says, All I have to go on, he says, is the, is, is the precise wording of the question you, you put to me, he says, but the way you wrote, the, the way you wrote it, the, the way you recorded the guidance of the physicians, it sounds like the Chassam Sofer himself didn't didn't have direct uh, access to the physicians in question. But he says, according to what you reported as the as as the medical medical expertise, according to what you reported that the physician said, you said that that their guidance, their admonition is to avoid leaving leaving the house, leaving your door when you're fasting. So going outside is the problem. If they stay home, there's no danger of fasting, either because they won't catch cholera, because they, they won't be exposed to other people, or for other reasons, I don't know. But the Chassam Sofer is medayek, like a Talmudic text, he's medayek from the language <coughs> of, the, of the physicians, the language of the physicians as presented to him by the Shoel, that there's no danger if you stay home. The danger only begins if you leave the house. So in Cain, he says, then the halach is entirely different. I told you that if present you is safe, but future you is in danger, you can eat now in order to, in order to forestall danger to future you. Here I have a different solution. You don't need to eat, he says, stay home. In Cain, you stand up your skurum, fast and, and stay, stay locked up in your house. Peace follow b'yechidus. Davin, as we, as we all did during COVID, davin b'yechidus, at least in the beginning of COVID, davin uh, without a minion, by yourself, and you won't have laning, you, 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 won't, you, won't, you won't have Kriya Satara, you won't have a minion. Because that, he says, The Fila Batibur is a great thing, Kriya Satara is a great thing, but that's not a reason to violate an Isser Daraisa. An Isser Karis, eating on Yom Kippur, is a serious Isser Daraisa, particularly serious Isser Daraisa. The, the need to have Kriya Satara and, 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 and Fila Batibur, he says, does not justify eating. So if you can avoid eating by staying home, that's what you have to do. Stay home, don't eat, and uh, forego those, uh, those, those ritual observances. Ach, he says, But if they tell you that fasting itself is dangerous, regardless of whether you go outside or not, then he says, Uz, you'll have to eat, of course. And then he gives the, the, the famous ruling that, that, that we all here discuss this time of the year. So again, we have to ask the physicians for their expert opinion, how much does a person have to eat, how much does he have to taste, small amounts, in order to avoid this suffix sakana. And that's what he should eat, and not more than that. This, this, is, this is what we refer to as, uh, he's going to explain what we refer to as shiurim. Vaosur share coffee, he says, or tea, or marak. Again, I'm not sure what the, what the belief was, how, how drinking coffee or tea was going to help against cholera exactly. You do get dehydrated once you start having diarrhea. For that, you need, I guess, water, and you need salts and other things to keep your body's electrolyte balance in shape. I'm not sure exactly about coffee and tea, but okay. Coffee and tea cure a lot of ailments, I guess, so uh, they believed it helped for cholera as well. So he says that amount, that amount that the physicians say you need 
take that much of coffee or tea or marak or soup, broth. Yishta pachus pachus mikasher malalugmav. Eat it, drink it in quantities of less than a share of malalugmav. So the halach is on Yom Kippur, you're only chay of kares midaraisa if you eat a sufficient share of quantity, which is which is when liquids malalugmav, and you eat that share within a within a share. He says of kedachilas pras of uh, within a certain amount of time. He'll discuss exactly what it is in a moment. If you, if you eat smaller quantities or larger quantities spaced out uh, in, 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 with, in, in windows of, of that much time, it's still Oster, Oster Midaraisa, but it's not, uh, it's not Karis. So if a person has to eat because it's Bikuach Nefesh, then, it, then if possible, a person should eat about an ounce, they say, a person should eat uh, that much and leave about nine minutes between, they tell you to prepare little shot glasses, about an ounce of food, liquid or food, to, to eat one after another every 10 minutes, if, again, if possible. If the doctor says you need to eat a larger quantity more rapidly, then of course you do that. But if this is an option, if eating these small quantities, apparently Chassam Sofer assumed that this would be sufficient to forestall whatever danger, uh, whatever danger empty stomachs uh, pose in a time of cholera, this is what you should do. This is what we call you eat shiurim. I've heard Rabbanim explain that people sometimes make a mistake. They think that a fasting is hard, then they can then and they want to eat, they can eat, just have to eat shiurim. It's the other way around. If you have to fast, if you don't have a heterpikoch nefesh, even even small amounts is oster. It's asamidaraisa. The heter of shiurim is if someone is in mortal danger, or at least a suffolk of mortal danger, and he has a heter to eat because of pikoch nefesh, then we, if we can if we can if we can minimize the iser by eating shiurim, we do that. But that's only if there's a genuine danger to, to life. Just because the tannis is hard. Again, I'm not, I'm not, it's easy for me to say I don't find fasting that difficult. I'm not judging other people. But the point is, the halacha is, just because fasting is hard, you can't eat shiurim. Shiurim means if there's a genuine heter of pikuach nefesh, then it's still better to eat shiurim, to eat pachas from the share of lolugmav within a window of kedachilas pras, because that way, even though it's still asr, you reduce the chamer of the iser, so we at least reduce the severity of what one has to do. V'yisheh ben shtiel kedachilas pras, you should wait in between the each each of these each of these quantities of malalugmav, the shear of kdechilas pras. It's a great unresolved matter of doubt and debate how much that is exactly. Shulachala yoser, Tesminutin, it's at most it's at most nine minutes, he says. But it's uh, so so the, the, the upper bound what the share possibly is is nine minutes. Ulachala pachos beizminutin. And 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 it's at a lower bound. It's, it's at least two minutes. So anything anything between two and nine minutes is a question of kedachilas pras. That's why today we're machmer that if we can, we wait the upper bound. We wait nine minutes. We wait nine ten minutes in between each uh, each each of these small quantities to, to be yotze shiurin lechaladeis. He explains this elsewhere. He says so. Furthermore, he says v'yishta rakanos meav v'lohanos grono. An interesting additional chumrah. He says you have to eat because your body needs the nutrition, the hydration or the nutrition. He says, but you don't need to enjoy it. You don't need the delicious taste of uh, of the of delicious food. He says, so you should have anas mayav the the, the 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 nourishment that your body needs, but not the the enjoyment of the taste, the mouthfeel. He says, which means he says coffee with tea, believe sugar, believe believe sugar v'chalav, black coffee or tea, no sugar, no milk. He says umarak believe masubal. Soup, unseasoned, he says, unseasoned broth, whatever you need for your basic bare nourishment you should eat, not more than that. Furthermore, he says, if you can eat it in an unnatural way, like this is what they recommend for pills and other things, to wrap it in something, or to eat it in ways that's not the normal way of achila, 
if that's even better. Again, assuming the physicians to sign off on this and say that this is acceptable to eliminate whatever risk comes from going outside or from being around cholera at a time of uh, on an empty stomach, so to do it, but try to minimize, reduce, and minimize the iser to the extent possible. Eat urim, eat uh, eat it with a minimum of taste and uh, delectability, and if possible, eat shilokaderach achilasan. That's the best. Hashem harofe chinam harofe neman yashimikem mikalcholei Yisrael komine machla. May Hashem, who's the 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 physician who 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 doesn't charge, and the faithful physician, may he remove from your community and from all the ill of Yisrael all types of machla, all types of disease. So he's, this was in the year, this was in the year nine, this was in the year eight, uh, 18, 1836. I guess that was one of the, I guess that was one of the, let's see, there, 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 were, there were seven cholera epidemics in the, this would have been the second cholera pandemic of 1829 to 1837. This was written in 1836. This was during the second cholera pandemic. How many people were killed in this one? Uh, vast numbers. It's horrific what was going on back then. In, uh, horrific what was going on back then. But, all right. So, the, so, this is the Chesim, so this is the Chesim Sefer's point. On the one hand, if there is danger, you can eat. Better to eat shiurim. Better to eat uh, not such tasty food. Better to eat shlokaderach achilasan. But if there, is, if there is danger, no matter what you do, then you can eat. However, if the danger can be avoided by staying home, by, by not leaving the house, you should do that. It's better to stay home and miss Tvila Betzibur and miss Kriya and not have to eat. And this is what, again, this is what my wife, Baruch Hashem, didn't quite come to it, but, but, but this, this was the guidance we once got during a pregnancy that, uh, that better to stay home and, uh, and not have a very spiritual up, uh, uplifting Yom Kippur but not eat, rather than go out and about and have to eat. That is the preferred uh, that 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 is the preferred conduct of Yom Kippur. In general, these uh, you know, cholera in this time, the the various uh, you know, the, the the throughout the nineteenth century, Postkim had all kinds of the great Rabbanim and Postkim in Europe had all kinds of discussions of what to do when there was when there was cholera or other diseases going around. There's a famous story about Rabbi Yisrael Salanter. We don't really have it in a fully authoritative source, but there are various anecdotal and historical accounts of Rabbi Yisrael Salanter, either making Kiddush himself, or eating himself, or ruling that everyone should make Kiddush, even those who are healthy, just to forestall any danger to anyone in the community. We also have a letter of Rabbi Kivager. We have a letter of Rabbi Kivager and other, other Abanim in, in his Bastin. They were discussing, this is 1831, they were, they were discussing what to do, again, during the second cholera pandemic, they were discussing what to do about Yom Kippur, so I, I wasn't able to get a copy of the to get a copy of the, the actual text of this. I saw it quoted in an article by Rabbi Doctor Edward Reichman. He had he had a piece that came out towards the beginning of COVID titled titled "From Cholera to Coronavirus: Recurring Pandemics, Recurring Rabbinic Responses," where he discusses the the the, the, the sources we've been we've been discussing tonight. And he says that they did not want to do what Rishol Salanter did apparently, and and allow everyone to be lenient. Uh, just to avoid cholera, they said that they were only going to allow it on a case-by-case basis, but they did make sure that there were two physicians who were near all the shuls, so people could easily consult expert medical opinion. They, they encouraged people to consult the physician for even the slightest symptoms, because, because you, you want to make sure nothing, nothing goes wrong, and the risk is not just to yourself, but to others, they say. And a person will have to answer to God, he says, not just for his own life, but for the lives of others. 
if he, uh, if, if, if by his inaction, if by his uh, misplaced piety, he endangers anybody else. But they, they were not willing, they, they at least were not willing to, they at least were not willing to endanger, to, to allow people in general to eat in a time of cholera, but they, they, were willing, they, were, they were willing to allow on a case-by-case basis. They knew that there would be times where, where people would have to eat, and they made sure that there were physicians readily available, readily available to, uh, to, be, to, to be able to, to, to give guidance to specific cases. There's another letter of Rebekah Rabbi Dr. Reichman brings. This is a, a very uh, COVID-esque letter. They talked about gathering in large crowds and shuls. So, so Rebekah said that in his opinion, again, I, I, obviously he was relying to some extent on, I assume he was relying to some extent on medical guidance, but he said gathering in, in small closed spaces is not a good idea, but you can still have pods, you can still have minyanim of 15 people or so, you can have multiple groups. You can have uh, shifts. You can have people davening at different times. You can have uh, you know you should have a guard. Maybe he says people shouldn't push their way in. Have more than the allotted number. No one should be allowed to enter until the first group is finished, and so on. You should even get the authorities involved if it, if it's too hard to enforce it. He says, but that's what McGregor felt. McGregor felt that again, some level of social distancing. Some that there, there, there was there was wisdom. He felt in not having large groups of. Uh, of people, but he felt that smaller groups would be okay if we have a small group of only 15 people or so that he felt was safe. So this Chasim Sofer, going back to the Chasim Sofer, this is the, the first of two tshuvas I wanted to discuss tonight. This is, the, this is a tshuva of the Chasim Sofer that, who, who articulates very clearly the rule that even though Pikuach Nefesh is docha Yom Kippur, and you eat on Yom Kippur to avoid Pikuach Nefesh, if there's an Eitzu to stay home, which again, which, which can happen sometimes as well, not for cholera, but for other things, if there's a solution to stay home, then you do that even though you even though you're you, you feel an urge to go to shul and and, and eat, but then the halacha is the, other, the, the halacha is otherwise. The halacha is you stay home and you don't eat. If you have to eat, then you start dealing with shiurim and so on. If you really have to eat as a matter of life and death, then you do shiurim and so on. But ideally, the halacha is you stay home and you don't eat. If if, if by staying home you can avoid eating. The other tshuva I want to discuss, a counterpoint to the chasam sofer, is a tshuva of the marash angle. It's a famous tshuva. The exact uh, case he's discussing is not perhaps so relevant today, but the, the principles he articulates inspired uh, a, a, a robust and rich discussion among later postkin. The Marash Engel, or Shmuel Engel, was a great uh, Galician postsake in the, first ha- the last half of the 19th century, first half of the 20th century. Chuvas Marash. He was asked the following question. He says, in, in his time, whatever time this was exactly, there was a law, there was a, the government had a rule that anyone who, in, anyone in the street, anyone in public, had to present some kind of identification papers, some kind of papers. Papers, please. Yeah, anyone in public had to be prepared to present papers. And if people did not have papers, then the consequences could be unpleasant or dire. He says sometimes they were jailed, sometimes they were beaten by the soldiers. So there were serious consequences if you couldn't present papers. So now the Shiloh was, what do you do on Shabbos? If there's an Erev, it's not an issue. But there was no Erev, apparently. Wherever they had to go, to Shul, to the Mikvah, he says, wherever they had to go, there was no Erev. And so what do they do? If they, if they go outside without papers, they risk uh, substantial consequences. So the proposed solution was, we can carry the papers in our hat. We can stick the papers in our hat, and that will be a shinui. That will be uh, carrying in an unusual way. And maybe that would maybe that will that will allow us to go to the mikvah and to daven in 
you know, with carrying our papers without risking getting caught by the soldiers. So he, his initial impulse is to say it's Usser. He says, as I mentioned earlier, as I mentioned in the preface to the share, in general, we do not allow doing Averis, even, even rabbinic Averis, even Isurim Drabanan, we do not generally allow doing any kind of Avera in order to go to shul. If a, pers- a person can't take a taxi to go to shul, even though even if a non-Jew will drive it, it's the Malachah Drabanan, even, you know, even if the Malachas are, are pure Drabanan, by, by a Jew, by a non-Jew, we don't generally allow Malachah Drabanan in order to get to shul. We allow, again, we allow Malachah Drabanan for certain other needs, but not, not just to get to shul. He says, even Malacha by a non-Jew, which is even more lenient than Malacha Drabanan by a Jew, even Malacha, even Malacha by a non-Jew, people are excessively lenient about Malacha by a non-Jew. People think that pretty much any reason you have allows just call a guy, call a non-Jew. It's an unfortunate misconception. A non-Jew certainly is more lenient than a Jew, and there are, there are a number of cases where we do allow a non-Jew, for, for example, for a chola, someone who's sick, even if it's not life-threatening, there are many cases where we do allow having a non-Jew do it, but it's not a blanket heter. If, if a, person, a person just has, uh, you know, has a light on in his house and wants to turn it off, that's not a heter. You can't just call a non-Jew to turn a light off. It, it doesn't work like that. It's Malacha, Amir Lachum is an Isra on Shabbos. And just because you have some kind of need is not enough of a reason, you know, again, barring illness or certain other circumstances, it's not a general heter to just ask a non-Jew to do Malacha on Shabbos. And even to get to shul, there's no error. You want to have a non-Jew push a wheelchair. You want to have, you can't do that. Just to get to shul, again, to take care of an ill person, to, to give him what he needs, to help him get food, to take care of him is mutter. But to get to shul, that's generally not, a, not, not grounds for doing malacha on Shabbos, even by a non-Jew. He says only for certain specific, certain specific enumerated reasons do we allow having a non-Jew do malacha. Yishuv Eretz Yisrael, the mitzvah of settling the land of Israel, is an, is, is an exceptionally important mitzvah. Chola Shembosakana. Saving Kisvei Kodesh is a fire, and Sfarim are getting burned. But just because of, a, just because of your garden variety mitzvah, I mean, no such thing as a garden variety mitzvah, but, but, just, but even if it's a mitzvah involved, it's even a mitzvah of Mila, he says, uh, we don't allow Malachat Daraisi, he says, even by a non-Jew, Malachat Drabanan by, by a non-Jew, that becomes something called Shvus de Shvus, two Drabanans, the threshold is lower. But to do a Malachat Daraisi by a non-Jew, we, we don't allow. So one Drabanan, he says, we would generally not allow, even for the sake of, even for the sake of a mitzvah, even for an important mitzvah like Mila, with a few limited exceptions, we don't generally allow a malacha drabanan for, for for a mitzvah. So to go to shul, he says, is uh, not enough of a reason to allow uh, to allow the the violation of Shabbos. He points out in his case, he says it wasn't really an issue of fila b'tzibur either. He says because within the courtyards, within the Within the, however the housing was arranged, they had minyanim in the local buildings, in the local courtyards. It would have been a better mini and a bigger mini. If they, it would have been better to be able to go to, uh, to, the, to the shul. But they might have even had a minion locally where they were. But he says, in general, just because it's a mitzvah, he says, we don't, uh, he, he has numerous arguments back and forth. He brings all kinds of precedents and parallels to this. But in general, he says, we, in general, he says, for, for a mitzvah of an individual, we don't generally allow the violation of Shabbos, by, even by Amir Lachem, we don't generally allow the violation of Shabbos in order to perform a mitzvah. However, he says, and even, even, again, even if you find certain cases where they did allow it to draw on, that was when there was a question of bittel tefillah b'tzibur, that there would be no minion at all, but here he says they have the tzibur in, in, in individual buildings, they had enough, they had a minion, they wouldn't lose tefillah b'tzibur, uh, or at least most of the community would have tefillah b'tzibur, eze yechidim, 
Some individuals, he says, w- wouldn't be able to have Fila B'tzibur. That, that doesn't have the special status of mitzvah de rabim. In general, for a rabim, if, if a tzibur as a whole needs something, then we're, we're quicker to allow Amir Lakim. So, for example, there was once a case here in the shul where we, we, had, we were davening in the tent back during COVID, and we had an outdoor tent, and, the, and, and there was lighting in the tent, and the lighting was once off on a Shabbos morning, and the Rav, I believe, allowed, it to, allowed having a non-Jew turn on, and he said that this is a mitzvah de rabim, that for, for the whole seabird to have... For the whole tzibur to have light uh, is, is a question of mitzvah de rabbin. But, but again, you'll have minyanim locally, he said. It'll just be some individuals won't be able to have a minyan, he says. That's just a question of a regular mitzvah, which we don't allow. We, we don't allow the violation of Shabbos for, he says. But then he goes on, and he does actually find a dispensation for carrying papers in your hat. And he's mitzvah, as poskim often do, he's mitzvah for a number of arguments. He says, first of all, he argues it's kalach and the Gemara, the Kalachayad means when you do a malacha in an unusual way, with your elbow or in, uh, with your teeth, you do a malacha in, a, in, in an unusual, irregular way. So that is an Isra Drabanan. It's still Asr, but it's Asr Midrabanan. And we find Chazal had certain leniencies. But Makam Tsar, if a person is suffering physically, he has, he has some kind of uh, that, uh, different situations where someone is in pain, someone is in significant physical discomfort, they allow doing a malacha, Kalachayad. Even though, uh, in general, we said before, we don't allow a Jew to do malacha, even drabanan for a chola. We allow a non-Jew to do malacha for a, for a Yisrael who's a chola, but according to many poskim, at least, we don't allow to Jew, a Jew to do malacha drabanan, but kalach is particularly lenient. The malacha of kalach is, is exceptionally lenient, and, and he says, we, we find certain leniencies about kalach He says, he goes back and forth on this, he says, and again, he brings proofs, he brings arguments, parallels, back and forth. And then he says that, uh, he comes out, that, that he brings another Gemara. The Gemara says if your person has a drain that, that's blocked, it, it's got uh, leaves or something blocking the drain, and the drain is going to overflow and cause property damage, it says you're allowed to do a malachat kalachayad, use your foot to clear the blockage, to save hefsid moment, to save yourself from property damage. And he says, and the halacha is, to save yourself from damage, we pass you, you're allowed to do a malacha kalachayad to avoid damage, he says. So here he says, in the case of the papers, the first, he says he has a tiruf of three or four different etarim. First of all, he says, it's kalachayad, you're carrying papers in your hat. That's not how you carry papers normally. You put them in your wallet, in your pocket. Carrying papers in your hat is not the regular way of carrying papers. Furthermore, he says an interesting svara, he says, this is called malacha shein sricha legufa. Halacha is on Shabbos when you do a malacha and you and 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 the, the the primary outcome of what you're doing is what you want. You're doing it for its primary and straightforward purpose. That is called malacha tzricha legufa. That's malacha daraisa. If you're doing it for uh, an in, kind of incidental or tangential purpose, you don't need the thing itself. You want some kind of tangential outcome. That's malacha shein tzricha legufa. So the Marash angle says in the case of the papers, that is really malacha shein tzricha legufa. You don't really want the papers. You have no interest in these papers. You just don't want to get beaten and, and jailed by the authorities, he says. That, he says, is considered Malachashen Tzricha Legufa. The exact definition, how to define Malachashen Tzricha Legufa, it, it, is a very difficult question. What exactly is called Tzricha Legufa and ain't Tzricha Legufa? But he argues this is called Malachashen Tzricha Legufa. You don't really want the papers per se. You just want to avoid jail time and you want to avoid beatings. So that's called Malachashen Tzricha Legufa. Furthermore, he says, we don't have a Rishus Rabbim Daraisa. This is a famous point that comes up in Halacha all the time, that according to many poskim, we don't have a Rishus Rabbim Daraisa on Shabbos. In Midaraisa on Shabbos, there's Rishus Yachid, private domain, 
that's a wall domain. Rishus Arabim is a public thoroughfare, that's a Rishus Arabim. Midaraisa, you can't carry from a public thoroughfare to a Rishus Ayachid. You can't carry vice versa from a Rishus Ayachid to a Rishus Arabim. You can't carry four Amos in a Rishus Arabim. However, Midaraisa, there are a lot of public spaces, or open, open, unfenced spaces, which are neither Rishus Ayachid because they don't have fences, nor are they Rishus Arabim because they're not really public thoroughfares. They're just, you know, empty spaces in the fields, the wilderness. The, the, the oceans, you know, they're, not, they're not exactly public streets, they're not busy and well-trafficked streets, so they're not Rishis Arabim, they're also not Rishis Yachid because they don't have fences. Midaraisa, that those places would often be called a Makom Petur, that Midaraisa, you're allowed to go from there to Rishis Yachid, from Rishis Yachid to there, from there to Rishis Arabim, from Rishis Arabim to there. Midaraisa, many spaces, maybe most spaces in the world, would be classified as Makom Petur, except for certain busy, well-traveled streets, Midrabanan, they gave all, pretty much all, most unfenced spaces, they gave the Dinah Vakarmelis, which we treat kind of like a Rishas Arabim. You can't go for Amos in them, you can't go from them to Rishas Yachid, or vice versa. Our streets, our regular streets, Arcola, Lamberton, 29, 495, our streets and highways, there's a major machlokas we've shown in whether our streets are called Rishas Arabim or Rishas Yachid. Many we've shown them say they're streets, they're well-trafficked, they're, they're public, they're Rishis Arabim. Other posts can say that Rishis Arabim has exceptionally uh, stringent criteria it has to satisfy. Rashi says it has to have 600,000 people traverse it daily, which virtually none of our streets, probably none of our streets qualify, and, and so on. Other Rishonim have other criteria which may not be satisfied by our streets. So many posts can take the position that none of our streets are really Rishis Arabim Daraisa. You still need an Arab because they're Midrabanan, they're a Carmelist. Midrabanan, you can't carry there. They're like a Rishis Arabim, Midrabanan. But, but Midaraisa, our streets are not Rishis Arabim, so it's a carrying Bismanazeh, according to many poskim, is almost always Drabanan. As a matter of fact, our municipal Erevin, our Erevin, the Erevin in Camille and in Woodside, our modern Erevin are built on the assumption that our streets are not Rishis Arabim because the Erevin that we have wouldn't work if they were, if they were Rishis Arabim. If it's a real Rishis Arabim, then the the standards for an Erev are higher, are not generally satisfied by municipal Erevin. Most municipal Erevin rely on the assumption that our streets are not Rishis Arabim, or at least our Suffolk Rishis Arabim. So, so Postkim often go with this assumption that we don't really have a real Rishis Arabim as Manazeh, and therefore even in the worst case scenario, there's no Erev at all, the carrying is still only in Isidraban. So the Marash Angle says that's the sheet of Rove Postkim. Rove Postkim say, he says, that we don't have a Rishis Arabim Daraisa. And therefore, he says, we now have a whole pile of drabanan. First of all, even bona fide carrying in your hand, in your pocket, is only drabanan. Second, it's malachashen tzricha legufa, because you don't really want the papers, you just want to avoid jail and, uh, and beating. Third, it's kalachayad, he says. It's, uh, you, normally, you carry papers in your pocket, he says. You don't carry papers in your hat. So, I had, a, I had a relative who used to live here, so when he occasionally had to carry a house key, he used to carry it in his shoe. Because you have an Erev, but, let, 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 but let's say a person is machmer, he doesn't want to use the Erev, so you carry kalachayat. It's an additional drabanan, an additional level of drabanan to, uh, to, uh, to carry kalachayat. So that's what he says, the papers in your hat is a trifecta of drabanans, malachashen tzricha legufa, it's malachashen tzricha legufa, it's kalachayat, Carrying Bismanazeh's Drabanan, according to many posts, because we don't have a real bona fide Rishas Arabim. And therefore, the Marsh Engel concludes, he says that, he says that, that this is Mutter, 
And don't say, he says, and this is the kind of what the, the thread that ties this to the Chesim Sofer, he says, don't say you should be machmer and just stay home. That, uh, that just stay home. You, why do you have to rely on these leniencies? The, the, the only, the, the, nobody cared, apparently, if you, had pa- if you had papers or not when you were in your house. Either they wouldn't check or you weren't required to have papers. Then there was no danger if a person stayed home. The danger of not having papers is only if he was out in public. So he says, so maybe do that. Why are you relying on leniencies, he says, of putting together your abundance? Just stay home. Don't go to shul, he says. So he says, no, you don't have to be machmer, he says, since we have the terufim of all these drabanans, he says, it's muttered to go to shul, to go to the mikveh, he says, and to carry the papers in your hat. Now he agrees that this hatur is not a slam dunk. He still are isirum drabanan, he says. So therefore he concludes, to go letayel, to just go for a walk, he says, you should be machmer, even though there's three drabanans involved. Self-called drabanans are also important. So if there's really no, no, no real need at all, you just want to go for a walk, he says, then you should be machmer to avoid even drabanans. But if you're going for a mitzvah purpose, even if it's not absolutely essential, like mikvah or, or to daven and shul, he says, then because it's only, a, because anyway, it's a whole pile of drabanans, then it's mutter, he says, when you have a tziruf of all these drabanans, then it's mutter. Now again, this case is not perhaps so, uh, so relevant today. You, you, you don't get jailed today generally for not presenting ID, at least not in the neighborhoods I'm familiar with. But this, this became relevant in a, a more modern version of this question was medication. A person needs, earlier Postman talked about nitroglycerin for a heart condition, or maybe different types of inhalers or so on. A person needs medicine with them at all times, which can even be you know, asthma, people need uh, EpiPens for, for allergies and so on. A person has a need to carry some medication with him, and, and, and there's real risk, even, even mortal danger, if he doesn't have this medicine. So if he has no choice, if, if, he, need, if he needs it with him and he has to go outside, then, it, then it's, we can say it's Bikok Nefesh, so he can carry it with him. Like we saw in the Chesim Sofer, if a person needs, if a, even though a person's in no danger right now, if a person can anticipate the real possibility of danger, then arguably it's mutter. However, here we have, a, we have a problem. So stay home instead. Who told, you to go, who told you to go to shul? Just stay home. If you stay home, you don't have to carry anything. Keep the medicine on the shelf right next to you and don't go anywhere. He said, don't go anywhere. So who said that's mutter? So the postgame, the, the, the recent postgame who discussed this question, they do so, the, the discussion largely revolves around this tshuva of the Marash Engel. The Marash Engel, even though he acknowledged that you could just stay home, nevertheless, he said, if we can pile up enough drabanans, it's melachashen tzrichelagufa. Again, that was true in the case of the papers. Medicine, arguably, is melachashen tzrichelagufa. You, you want the medicine. The medicine is a, literally life-saving. So, so, so you don't have that hatter particularly. Some of the other hetter you do, some of the other term you do have, you have the hetter of, you have the hetter of, we don't have Rishus Arabim Daraisa, if you can carry, if you can carry the, if you can carry the medicine in your, in your hat or in your shoe or something, you can have the, you, 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 you can have, you can have Kalach Yad. So therefore, the, therefore some of the heterim of the Marash angle would, 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 would still apply, the hetter of Kalach Yad and the hetter of, we don't have Rishus Arabim Daraisa. So that's what the contemporary post can discuss, whether we can be mekil just for, just for these other reasons, for these reasons of, um, of Kalach Hayyad, with, with, with not having Rishus Ram Daraisa. On the other hand, our cases are a little more lenient, because our cases, we can argue the person has a status of a chola. For a chola, we have certain leniencies as well, not for Daraisa, but if a person's a chola, we, we're much quicker to allow drabanans in general. So maybe even if he could stay home, the, the status of chola gives him more leniencies. So the... So contemporary poskim discuss, they, they, they discuss a diabetic carrying sugar on Shabbos, if he might need the sugar outside. 
So if he does it kolach hayad, so some posts can allow the diabetic to carry sugar, even if he's going out, not for a mitzvah, just, just for leisure. Some posts can allow it. Other posts can say, uh, other posts can say no, that, that you can't do that, that the Iker Heter, the Rosh Engel, it rests largely on Lach Hashem Tzrich and um, and, 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 and you don't have that, you don't have that Heter, he says. So the, the post who discuss these cases of medicine, again, in a case where a person has no choice, he has to, he has to go outside, or he needs, or he, that, then of course you have to carry it. If, if your life is in danger, you carry it. We're discussing a case where there's a solution. The solution is stay home. You don't really want to stay home. It's going to be uh, unpleasant, and it's not, it's not the most enjoyable Shabbos, perhaps, to stay home all Shabbos. But again, that's the question. Does the fact that it won't be so enjoyable, is that grounds for triggering the need to Michal Shabbos? The Chassam Sofer said, in general, if it's a Malacha Daraisa, the answer is certainly not. A person cannot eat on Yom Kippur, even Shiurim, if he has the option of staying home and not requiring eating B'Shiurim. When it comes to Drabanans, then we have the Marash Angle who says that if a person can be tzarif enough Drabanans, then even though you shouldn't go out for no reason, he says, but if a person has a reason to go out for a mitzvah and he piles up enough Drabanans, then we can be lenient even though he has the option of staying home. So that's the question in these contemporary situations of diabetics and sugar, or medicines, or inhalers, or nitroglycerin, and so on. So you have some drabanans, you have a, a different set of drabanans. Is the combination of leniencies in these cases enough to justify stepping foot outside your house? Again, where there's no Erev. If there's an Erev, then, then, uh, then it's, not, it's not an issue. But if there's no Erev, do, does, the, does the combination of, of the various drabanans that apply in these cases does that allow leaving your house, even though you have the option of staying home, since, since you're not really dealing with a malacha deraisa anyway? Or do we say no? Self kol self, even drabanans are aser, and going to shul and le- even going to shul, certainly leaving your house for leisure, leisure purposes doesn't justify doing a malacha drabanan, and therefore, as long as a person has the option of staying home, he shouldn't start being lenient even on drabanans. So it's, these questions, as I said, are more complicated on the subject of debate. A person should ask a discuss the matter with a competent halachic authority when these types of situations arise.